2: savings to sale is happening now at Mattress Warehouse. Save up to $1,000 plus get 0% interest financing for 60 months. Unsure of which mattress is right for you? Most people are, but Mattress Warehouse is home to Bedmatch, the diagnostic system that recommends the best mattresses for your individual support needs. Try it for yourself today and the Mattress Warehouse one-year price guarantee means you know you're getting the best price. Why shop anywhere else? Visit sleephappens.com for a location near you.
3: Cada, cada votante necesitamos la representación y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. Por pues la situación ahora es inaceptable. Huh? Es de presidente a atacado, a demonizado a los what? inmigrantes. Es inaceptable. Voy a cambiar este. Uh,
2: me llamo Julian Castro y estoy postulando por presidente what? de los Estados Unidos.
3: Rico, que el debate cansó mi trasero. Boy, that debate tired my butt out. <laughs> So I was going to pl- have a play a clip of one of the candidates talk about policy, but, you know, I really think that Spanish thing might be the headline out of the debate. For a lot of people, I think it was. It's sure as heck a headline. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've gone How from... many of us? How many of us? All of us. I'm talking to you folks. When you first heard Beto jump into Spanish, if you heard it, reacted just with, with anger and revulsion. I got nothing against people who speak Spanish or no, bilingual no, no, or no, anything no, like no, that. No, of course no. not. Who would? But the, the, the pandering of it, bilingual the uselessness of it. Bilingual societies is a bad idea. It's a bad idea. It's better to have one language. Unifying language, right. Because language and culture go together to such a great extent. Right. Um, yeah, so I, w- I would love to know the polling on that. What percentage of America, is mostly Democrats, I'm guessing, watching the debate, but what percentage of America goes, oh, God when he speaks Spanish, and what percentage of people, and I know people who would have reacted with glee. That is fantastic. I think you're wrong. Yes, Gary Dietrich is a nonpartisan political analyst. Uh, He is uh, the founder of I3, Inspire, Inform, Involve. We'll tell you all about the website. It's very useful. And uh, Gary joins us now. Hello, Gary. How are you, sir?
4: Hey, good morning, guys. Good to be with you again, especially after, uh, I don't know, a year and a half out. Probably the most watched presidential debate. So we're told, you know, of this magnitude, this far out, ever. Bueno, muy bueno.
3: Really, you know, hmm, that's pretty interesting. We were talking yeah. the other day about how, you know, you go back through history. Clinton got in in October. JFK got in in January of the year of the election. That's how different things are now. Yeah. We're in July with the debate, and a lot of people watch. Driven mostly by Trump, you think?
4: Well, I certainly think, you know, the, the, the big dividing line is Trump. There's no question about it, guys. I mean, that, that is, you know, either you're for or against, or you, you know, there's hardly any in between. And both sides very passionate. But there's actually been polling done on this, guys, in recent weeks, national polls that said, you know, how interested are you in this upcoming debate? Is it really going to make any difference to you or is this just a waste of time? Believe it or not, over 80 percent of people said it would have an impact on their vote.
3: Do you think those people uh, got what they wanted?
4: Well, you know, I, I honestly, I don't know how you guys felt, but I was sort of pleasantly surprised by the amount of. Yeah, you, know, you thought it was just going to be a flashcard drill, you know what I mean? Like you went through third grade with your addition thing. yeah, nobody really, knew, you didn't know anybody, anybody when it's all over. But I think you got a pretty good flavor, you know, of the differences in these candidates, both their styles and personalities, and even to some degree on some of their policy stuff. So, you know, I think it was better than. Most people expected Tonight, I think, is going to be even more interesting, of course, when we hear Biden and Sanders and so forth on the same stage. But uh, last night, some of these folks that nobody knew anything about clearly got some airtime that they wouldn't have otherwise. All right. Let's, uh, why
3: don't we mention a couple of those? Who do you think had a really good night in particular?
4: Well, I, I caught a little bit of you guys uh, talking about Congresswoman Gabbard, and she certainly distinguished herself on the stage, certainly That's in terms cute. of military credentials. Well, that too. <laughs> okay, And, and serious anyway, policy
3: ideas. Okay.
4: Yeah, well, you know, when it came to her, uh, I think her military experience, guys, is clearly something she wanted to highlight, she did highlight, and did so quite effectively. I mean, when it came to things like uh, Afghanistan and so forth, she, st- she clearly stood out on the stage. You know, Elizabeth Warren, uh, I-, I caught a little bit of you guys just saying, she-, she started this thing unscathed. That is sort of surprising. Remember de Blasio, Mayor de Blasio, went after better O'Rourke. Big time. But nobody took on Elizabeth Warren, which was kind of surprising. You know, uh, there was a
3: moment where, was it um, Amy Klobuchar or one of the moderate Democrats was asked about some of Elizabeth's schemes um, or pie-in-the-sky way-left schemes and, and gave kind of a, a soft answer. So, yeah, nobody, nobody was willing to really uh, put a thumb in the eye of the progressive wing.
4: And part of the challenge so for that maybe Tim is, Ryan,
3: but go on, Gary.
4: Right, right. It, part of the challenge of that is if you're, as you guys call it, a one percenter, if you're one of those candidates who's kind of hanging on right now trying to get some traction, you don't want to look like, you know, the, the nemesis of the clear front runner on the stage. So it's a delicate balancing act. And I think we're going to see more of that, as people call it, comparison politics, the attacks, as some would call it, uh, further down the road. This was the classic introduction opportunity last night for many of these people. And some did it well, some did it better than others.
3: Well, you know, in in terms of them being introduced to me, uh, I know their faces and what they said, but I still don't know a lot of their names because MSNBC didn't put placards on their podiums or put their name. Somebody would talk, and I'd think, that was a decent point, whoever you were. (laughs) What an idiotic omission. (laughs) Unbelievable. the bald guy on the right... Uh, pointing out that the medicare for all just does not work i thought was interesting on that stage and then the guy from ohio um he he pointing out that people look at us as a party of the coastal elites and that's not going to work for us in a general election i thought i thought those were pretty two pretty bold things to say on that stage
4: yeah and when you and when you really go again and break down the numbers and and if people who were watching it on nbc would have caught this little thing uh, if you i was watching it online so the thing about it is was they dropped some interesting numbers in during the commercial breaks, and one of them is really something we need to keep in mind, and that is three key states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, won by Trump by a total of 75,000 votes. Woo! Total between the three states. And that's why I think, guys, those voices like Klobuchar's and Congressman Ryan's, those from those so-called Rust Belt states, were so important for the Democratic Party to hear last night because those states, we know, are the ones that tip the balance in favor of the president.
3: You know, I despise discussing identity politics. I I, I feel like I'm giving it respect it doesn't deserve because it's a dangerous, dangerous trend. Uh, but I will say that, you know, if, if they can check some of the boxes, the Democrats, that they like to check, uh, ethnicity, uh, sex, whatever, and have uh, Kamala or Elizabeth or somebody on top of the ticket, Tim Ryan from Ohio would be a hell of a veep choice because he'd probably carry Ohio because he's a pretty moderate guy. But, you know, uh, two things about Tim Ryan um, and and ideology. Number one, uh, Tim Ryan is a coastal late. It's the coast of Lake Erie, granted, but Ohio's <laughs> on the coast. Uh, secondly, uh, we were talking a little bit about Trump and, and how it's all about Trump and he's the energizing force, but I, I need to point out there are many, many Republicans, conservatives, who, who are not thrilled with Donald J and his manner and his verbiage and his, uh, you know, occasional uh, uh, sloppiness with the truth and the rest of it and maybe making gambles diplomatically that might not work out. But this country is so wildly ideologically divided, Trump seems like a way better choice than like Elizabeth Warren. You're not going to deliver the country to Elizabeth Warren. We will be France within six months. And that, to me, is the real headline.
4: Well, I think you've raised a really important point, Joe, and that is all the hypothetical matchups right now between any of these candidates and the president are just that, hypothesis. And when, you, when the Democrats finally arrived at their candidate last time, we all know who that was. When Hillary Clinton finally was the decided opponent, that's when people start. That's when those dividing lines come into full force. I mean, to have a, to have sort of a you, you sort of started your sort of this amalgamation candidate. Well, if we had a little piece of this person and that person, that's one thing. But when you start breaking down, okay, you, it's either the A or B. That's when the dividing lines happen, and that's when the things, well, Trump's only at 42 percent. How could he possibly win? Well, that's exactly where he was, and he won last time.
3: Gary Dietrich is a nonpartisan political analyst uh, with I3, Inspire, Inform, involved. Spanish in our national debates has been growing over time. George W. Bush did it. Mitt Romney did it. It's not only a Democrats, but that was by far the most Spanish we've ever had in a debate. I understand the pandering aspect, that you're trying to signal to Hispanics, hey, I'm down with your causes. But for people who don't speak Spanish, i got to believe that turns off a lot of people. Do you have any idea?
4: Well, I think it's, uh, I tell your comment earlier, Jack, a little bit was, as I was getting ready to come on here, that, that I think that, too, has become a dividing line, hasn't it? Some people think, wow, that's really great that they're trying to reach out to l- the growing Latino community in the United States. Other people are like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, we don't, it's not our national line, you know, you know the debate. So I, I think for somebody, honestly, last night, my sense about it was for Julian Castro, that works. Right. I mean, that is a language that he's quite familiar. with. That is a language he grew up with. He, he you know, he's from the Texas area. That language is spoken a lot there for a lot of the other candidates. It felt stilted. It didn't look authentic. And I think in a debate format in particular, it doesn't work as well. When you can drop it into your stump speech in front of a large audience. It's easier to do. I think in that kind of a format, it looked awkward to many of those people. Well,
3: and I think at some point, and we might have been at that point last night, I mean, if you had much more, okay, so the question was in Spanish and half your answer was in Spanish. I honestly would like to know what the question was and what your response was. I have no idea. I mean, it just functionally becomes a problem at some point. it's off-putting. It's aggressively off-putting. But... Yeah.
4: Well, one thing to keep in mind, too, guys, is that Telemundo was part of the debate structure. I mean, many people may not know that. It was NBC and all their affiliate uh, networks, and Telemundo was part of that. And so one of the moderators was from Telemundo. And so I, I think that was an attempt to draw it, even from a network perspective, to draw in that audience. Hey, by the way, we can't we can't leave without saying... Every person like myself who's ever done television has their worst absolute nightmare that your mic is going to be left on when you leave oh. that shot.
3: Oh, yeah, we need <laughs> to play that clip. Yeah, we've in the got next the whole segment. thing. It was a huge, the biggest technical problems I've ever seen in a, in a big at, show. At like a this. network
4: level, I, I've seen this guys in local news fairly frequently, but at a network level on that stage, to not have the monkey flipping the switch in the booth, you know what I mean? Was. <laughs> Well, oh, Chuck, Todd wow. had to ask
3: like five times, could you turn off the mics of the former? Uh, could you turn the mics off? I'll give you a moment. They're still on. Could you turn off the mics?
4: <laughs> just, yeah, what was yeah, going Jack, on Jack, there? Jack, that's exactly it. I'm thinking to myself, has everybody in this nationally televised debate booth just gone out for a Coke? I mean, <laughs> you know, what is going on? He, he called for it. He called for it again. And then he finally has to go to break. During a nationally televised debate, so they can flip the switch. I and just, and
3: you know, it interrupted his question, probably the, the maybe the touchiest question of the night about the kids being gunned down in school, and what do you do about that? Right. And he had to repeat it like five times to, it, to, to the point that it just no longer had any meaning. To the sounds of people <laughs> urinating or hitting the buffet or whatever that was. Uh, so, Gary, Gary, speaking of uh, broadcast nightmares, I want you to know that uh, Michelangelo, our, our, our board operator, our, our brain in there, he visibly recoiled when you used the term the monkey in the booth. And uh, and you y- y ought to be glad. What's your ethnicity, Michael? Your family ethnicity? Uh, Hispanic. Uh, you're a white guy, obviously. But so y- y- you're from Hispanic heritage. Have your people ever been compared unfavorably to monkeys? Because if they have, then Gary Dietrich's career is over.
4: Oh uh, goodness no, gracious! No, apparently hey, well, not, I'm Gary. You're in the clear.
3: <laughs> you're in <laughs> the clear, Gary. No worries.
4: What oh, no, thank you a lot, Michelangelo. We, fortunately, Michelangelo and I, longtime friends, we're okay. Here's the thing. I was talking about the proverbial, I mean, there's this joke that rolls around circles like NASA, you know, when something goes wrong. It's like, hey, we can suit up monkeys and get them to space. Have them flip the switch. They seem like they're going to do a better job than the human. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that is
3: great. Gary, how can people learn more about I3, your organization?
4: Yeah, we as many people will know us in the past, as Citizen Voice, we rebranded here in 2019, which we're excited to do, I3 Inspire and form Vault. You can just Google that. We're going to be doing all the same stuff we've done in the past, protecting the vulnerable a safely out during disasters. We'll do certainly our election stuff coming up next year. We're looking forward to a great uh, year or two ahead, guys.
3: I'm not even going to give you 10 seconds, but the Supreme Court says federal courts have no role policing gerrymandering. Happy about that or not?
4: Happy about that or not? Uh, Well, gerrymandering continues to be a huge political problem. Watch for that next year to be a major issue in the Senate and congressional campaigns.
3: Wow! Yeah, the states draw their own districts, so it's still a state issue, according to the Soups. That is big news. Gary
4: Dietrich, thanks a million, Gary. Talk to you guys
1: soon. We'll talk
3: to you soon, brother. We got to take a break, but more on that and other stuff in a minute. Text line four one five two nine five K F T C. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Fall Savings to Sale is happening now at Mattress Warehouse. Save up to $1,000, plus get 0% interest financing for 60 months. Unsure of which mattress is right for you? Most people are. But Mattress Warehouse is home to BedMatch, the diagnostic system that recommends the best mattresses for your individual support needs. Try it for yourself today. And the Mattress Warehouse one-year price guarantee means you know you're getting the best price. Why shop anywhere else? Visit sleephappens.com for a location near you.